Zoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app here in Indianapolis on Radio Row, streaming live on YouTube as well at the Team 980, where you see Lance Zerline, uh, whose work, I, Lance, when I've been teasing you coming on this week, I've said you've read Lance's work whether you know it or not. Now, some <laughs> people might read your mock drafts and stuff, but if you go to NFL.com and read like the player bios, that's you. That's me, and some people will aggregate it. Some people will quote it in articles, and they'll say from NFL, NFL.com rates this guy. Well, I do. I don't necessarily speak for Daniel Jeremiah or, or anyone else, uh, although the, if they were smart, they would just You clearly speak for the entire mind. league, the league office, yeah, right? Exactly. That's you got the shield so, on the shirt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it, it's, it's always been great. I think you always do such a good job of kind of laying out the pros and the cons of different players, and, and that insight's always really helpful for those of us that are playing catch-up who spend our, our, most of our days covering the NFL during the year. And then it's, it's hard like, oh. to transition from NFL to college. Yeah. Man. It's a... It's a quick turnaround. It is, for sure. So uh, the other uh, thing that, that people might not know, unless they've read your latest mock draft, is that you, sir, are now all of a sudden an exception when it comes to the Washington Commanders and that second overall pick. Everyone has seemingly swung back to Drake May, but your latest mock that I saw had Jaden Daniels going to two. Are you generally a Jaden guy over a Drake guy? Are you a, I think it's a better fit? Like, why why no, I'm why a Jaden guy over two? a Drake guy. Okay. And I just think the tape, I listened to the tape, and, I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury would, would dislike either one of those quarterbacks, but I think the polish, uh, we're talking about a five-year starter in Jaden Daniels. He's just more polished. I think he's worked out some of the kinks over his five years. He is a legitimate dual-threat quarterback and the rare dual-threat quarterback that is you know about as talented throwing the ball as he is running the ball. Most of them skew towards the run over the pass. He's that guy that kind of balances it out. So, you know, if he was 220-some-odd pounds, I think we'd be talking about Jaden Daniels potentially as the number one pick. But he's not. He's a thin guy, so you have to work through him being a runner and who leaves the pocket a little quickly sometimes and, and doesn't always slide. So you, you have to work through that. But I think Cliff Kingsbury will take a look at Jaden Daniels and what he does as a passer, and I think he'll, I think he'll come away at the favorable review. Drake May has a lot of talent. And a lot of traits, but there's still, I mean, there's still work to do with touch, with accuracy, and that bothers me a little bit when you're throwing in space to moving targets. You need to be able to throw with better ball placement and especially better touch. Yeah, it seems like his footwork gets a little sideways sometimes too. He just loses it for stretches of games mm -hmm. where Daniels seems to be a little bit more on time. I, I've tended to be more of a Jaden guy throughout this process um, as well. And, and the, the one thing that I think also a lot of people poke holes in that I'm curious uh, to get your take on is the lack of throws over the middle of the field. It's so important in the NFL. And I'm like, well, if I had you know, the two dudes that Jaden's got on the outside, I'd be, yeah. I'd be throwing it out there too. Do you see enough of that on tape, though? Do you see enough of the, the stuff over the middle of the field that it doesn't bother you? you got to remember, I use a program where I tie my – I've got, you know, um, the quadrants of the field. So I, I've got intermediate throws. So I will go – one of the first things I do will take all the intermediate throws. So I'll look at everything from 11 to 20. And I look at, at all five sections outside the numbers uh, from the hash right. to numbers the numbers to hash, and then hash, and then to, hash, hash to hash. And then other side. So I look at all five. So I'll look at all those throws. So whether he did it a lot or not, I'm going to go look at all the, the throws he did make. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the throws that bother me. Um, he left a lot of throws behind wide receivers, throws that need to be completed. They're not the hardest throws. He he struggled on some some shorter throws with with. Um, you know, taking a little pepper off of his throws. And so for me, it's, it's, those are pro throws, in my opinion. Those are the anticipation throws you get. Those are the throws where you're getting crossers and dig routes where you have a little smaller window to work with. you got to be able to work between linebackers and safeties. 
And I think it's one of the reasons I gave uh, Drake May a boomer bus grade is that, you know, I, I, I don't see it enough right now, but it's not that he can't do it. If he does do it well, he's got a chance to really boom. And like what about, he's, he's got yeah. a lot of talent, but the floor is a little lower on him. What about for Jaden in that, that intermediate area? Jaden's not – it's not a problem for him. Now, he had some special wide receivers with Brian Thomas Jr. and um, uh, Malik Neighbors. He actually had three really good wide receivers. So he had a lot of talent to work with, more so than Drake May did, and that's a legitimate – you know that's a legitimate focus that someone could make. That some could make is that, like Josh Allen, who anytime there's a a big guy who has accuracy issues, just ah oh, Josh Allen, he'll be fine. Josh Allen. Right. Josh Allen's like one of one. Right. Him and Cam, I guess, are the only two that really fit that mold. But um, Jaden Daniels, I saw throw with good anticipation between you know in the zones. I thought he did a nice job of getting through his progressions with with pretty good pace, which is something that I didn't always see from Drake May. And I think on tape he was clearly the much more polished quarterback. Now, if we're going to draft everyone based on who they are right now, Jaden Daniels goes ahead of Drake May. But I'll be the first to admit, it doesn't really work that way with a lot of teams. They want to know who you're going to be in three to five years, not who you are right now. Right. Uh, Lance Erline is with us, of course, NFL Network analyst. You can read his work at NFL.com. Has some other cool stuff going that we'll tell you about here in just a second. Um, when it comes what to – What do you like watching? You obviously watch these guys. Yeah. Let me turn the tables on you. Okay. When you're watching players for, for Washington, first thing I do for a mock draft is i got to go find team needs. And I typically look at fan sites in newspapers locally because they're going to have the better feel than me looking at a roster. Uh, I also look at, you know – also, teams, I look at future cap implications because that does play into some drafts. Sure. But when you look at Washington this year, I assume you're looking at quarterback. Who are your next two positions that you're looking at? Uh, it's the trenches, and it's on the edges in the trenches. It's mm-hmm. tackle, it's edge. And that's, that's, that's kind of a thing that I've, I've started to think more about this draft. I wonder, do you try to go for one of each at 36 and 40? Do you think the gap is big enough? And I'll turn the question back around to you that I've, I've answered it, uh, yours. Uh, but is, is like a Tyler Guyton worth trading up for and you go two for one there where you package 36 and 40 to get back into the back end of the first round for a tackle or, or something, whether if you don't like Guyton, someone else in that range. Nims. Or do you go, yeah. hey, we're going we're gonna to take the best edge available at 36 and the best tackle available at 40 and we'll live with the, with the results there. So it's a precarious spot. It's great to have those picks because you could package them up and move up. There's no question a team would – love to take those off your hand it would probably be you know it probably wouldn't just be two seconds to move into the first it might you know involve a team giving you back a fifth or something like that but hey you know we'll take more picks well so here's my thing you got some really special pass rushers in this draft there's there's uh four or five of them in the first round that i get excited about and there's six offensive tackles i get excited about so if you could somehow take those second round picks and you, know, you almost can't get out of the quarterback draft. You almost have to take that quarterback at two. You're stuck. You could trade out, but you'd have to have some balls to do that because and you'd have to really love, for example, maybe a J.J. McCarthy, and you right. say, we're going we're gonna to gamble. Or you just don't like any of them. Yeah. And, and you're like, hey, this is a wild card anyway. I'm, I, whichever one I get, I get. Well, you, you can't so you can't just draft a quarterback because you need one because, as Brian Billick once told me, as soon as you draft a quarterback in the first round, it doesn't matter if it's two or 22, immediately – the clock starts ticking on your job, whether you're a general manager or a head coach, because you got to develop that guy into the next guy. And 
if you don't believe in a player, you get stuck with them. Look at the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are now stuck with Kenny Pickett, and he may turn into a good quarterback this year, but he's going to get a third year. So you now are, are, are kind of stuck with a quarterback for at least two, and in most cases three, and in some cases four years. And Chicago's sitting there thinking, man, do we want to go through this the, and try to figure out is this a year Justin finally does it every single step you get closer to a fifth year option which is much more expensive and then have to make a decision on a second contract so if you don't love your quarterback that you're going to draft now I think at two they will but if you don't love your quarterback you really shouldn't you really shouldn't pass up a good football player for a guy that you don't really love you're passing up a guy much higher on your board for a guy at a position of need that doesn't work out well, usually, and it definitely doesn't work out at the quarterback where there's a historic, you know, miss rate. So if if I'm telling you, okay, they they're gonna go the two swings in the second round. Yeah. Uh, you th- which of those? I think I'd rather six get tackles, into. So I'd or, rather get into. I'd rather get. You know, the first thing I'd want to do is see if I could move 36 into the first and and take tackle or pass rush if one fell beyond 23. At Texas, uh, I mean, with the Texans, okay. I'd want to do that, and then I'd love to see it if I could. I don't know how many draft picks Washington has this year. Many, and they got five in the top 100. I mean, so. five in the top 100. Listen, I'm playing games with my first three picks. I'm going to get three guys that are. What I would do with my top five, with my five picks in the first 100, I'm looking to get a pass rusher, a tackle, and if that means three in the first round, you don't love it from a future cap implication standpoint in, in, in four to five years, but I also am getting really good football players, and I'm getting big-time core players. You don't see teams make you know, three picks in the first round very often, um, but I would definitely consider moving 40 up into the first round for a tackle and then sitting there at 36 and seeing when I get it at the, at the edge rush. So, yeah, I'm, I'm using my draft capital, and I'm going to get the first three picks. I want to be longtime starters for my team. Yeah, and I, I tend to think that that's the way that Adam Peters wants to build it too. Um, but well, you look at the San Francisco model. I mean, yeah. you always have to look at where they came from. And he, you know, he covets rush. He covets D-line um, playmakers. So I wouldn't rule out playmakers for this team because, you know, one thing Cliff Kingsbury is going to want are guys, and there's certain guys that fit uh, – you can you can look at Pat. You could look at wide receivers in the second round. I mean, you could go. They could sit tight and look at Lad McConkey, Roman Wilson, uh, Ricky Pearsall from Florida. I mean, there's a lot of different uh, Javon uh, uh, Burton. I mean, Javon Baker from UCF, and then Jermaine Burton from Alabama. There's a lot of guys, Adonai Mitchell, that Cliff would probably love to have with his quarterback. So that's another position that you could say. Totally quarterback wide receiver and then best of tackle edge and with and with this class of wide receiver if all the the, the edge you know trench guys are gone you feel good that there's going to be a bunch of wide receivers second there. third round great depth at for wide sure. receiver for sure lance Zerline, of course uh nfl network analyst you can see lance on combine today which streams on youtube and the nfl's fast channel thursday to sunday one hour prior to nfl networks coverage each day lance this was great uh hopefully we'll connect in the future appreciate you and uh thanks for stopping by here on radio row appreciate it thanks enjoy the draft thank you we continue from indianapolis next this is the hoffman show on the t980 and the odyssey app